I think in these March podcasts, you can really notice an improvement in the audio quality. We've worked really hard to try and up our game on that one. However, we're always looking to improve, expand and maybe have videos and some more photographs for the site. So if you're listening to this and you live in London and you're interested in video or in audio or in taking photographs, get in contact with us at upstandingtragedy at gmail.com. Thanks very much. Sorry that bit was a bit boring. Needed to be done. On with the show. Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to Stand Up Tragedy. My name's Dave and I'll be your host this evening. I'm pleased that you could join me downstairs at the Leicester Square Theatre. Now for your uh, attention, we're going to have a story from Radcliffe Royds, who I first saw at the True Storytelling Night, Spark London, where he's told many memorable stories from his life. Uh, See www.sparklondon.com for more about that night. And please welcome Rad to the stage. Thank you. Thank you very much, indeed. I'm going to bring it down a notch. This is a tale of despair, rejection, loneliness and homelessness. But first, are there any lawyers in the house? Good. I'm going to tell you a true story. Cast your minds back to the end of the summer of 2001. I had, until recently, been on the wagon, and for reasons we don't have time to go into now, I'd elected to go off the wagon. (laughs) And I'd elected to go off the wagon just after I'd married uh, my second wife. And um, as will become apparent, I'm a man who's had several wives, two of whom were my own. Now, the occasion of me becoming aware that I was in trouble was when I was driving back from Bournemouth, a wonderful seaside resort, uh, where I'd stayed the weekend with friends, and I knew my marriage was in trouble when my key didn't turn in the lock. So I did the usual sort of things. Tried every other key. Started ringing the bell. And eventually, in a fairly undignified um, ending, I... Uh, we had one of those rather cool letterboxes right on the ground floor, so it was really difficult. So I'm down here. Will you please let me in? Not a word. So faced with this disaster, my wife wouldn't speak to me. My keys wouldn't fit in the lock. I had to do something. So I rang a friend of mine who said, don't worry, just come round. He said, I've been studying psychotherapy. I can help. <laughs> so I thought, great. So I turned up there. And he met me at the door. Some of us know him. And uh, he met me with a very large crack pipe. (laughs) Fully loaded. It seemed a reasonable thing to do. And so I had this very large crack pipe. And then I had another even larger crack pipe. And so on and so forth. Until eventually he decided I had become a rather expensive hobby. And uh, for the second time in two weeks I I went back to the house and my key didn't turn in the lock. (laughs) I left there and I came up to the West End, this mecca, and just around the corner, I decided to do what every bright young man should do in a crisis, is I rang my mother. (laughs) And my mother is a woman who brushes her hair to answer the telephone. And uh, she can, uh, well, I'm not saying she's an unkind woman, but she can clean silver just by smiling at it. (laughs) And 
I rang her up and I said, Hello, Mum. How would it be if I came home for a few days? Oh, no, dear. Our insurance won't cover that. <laughs> and put the phone down. Now, at the same time as that was happening, a character called Delroy, and I love Delroy, and I haven't seen him for a while, who's a bit shorter than me, as a lot of people are, in fact, um, and he was a bit shorter than me, and he had a spider tattoo across half his face, and he had trousers made out of beer mats, so he wasn't exactly a fashion statement. <laughs> but he, he, he was lovely, and he said, Hello, mate. <laughs> you in trouble? Like that. He wasn't Mick Jagger, but he sounded quite like him. <laughs> and he, he, oh, you in trouble? He said, you can come stay with me. And I thought, well, that's very kind of you, Dal. Um, tell me about yourself. Uh, well, I, I duck and dive around here, and it's fine. And I've seen you about. And he said, come on. He said, we'll go. And... Anyway, so I went with Dal. My family didn't want to speak to me. My wife had locked me out. My friends didn't want to know. And I didn't know anyone else to go to. So we started going up Dean Street, and we did a left. And I could see this wonderful sign saying the Soho Hotel. And I thought, there might be a price tag to this, but I'll style it out for a, for a night in. And uh, he, just before we got to the back door, we did a left down Richmond News, and at the bottom of which was a skip. I actually ended up living in a skip, and I like to tell everyone it was a convertible skip. It had a rag top, and uh, because I had a skip mate, obviously things weren't weren't quite so bad. And uh, Delroy taught me how to live. He taught me how to survive, and I basically redefined meat trading in the southeast because I, quite by happenstance, met this woman who did all the meals on wheels for the sort of Camden district. So I actually ended up performing a social function. I don't want you to think it was all bad. And basically, she cooked all the meals on wheels for all the old folk, and, you know, it's a rather nice thing to do. And she was not shy of uh, an idea or two, and she said, well, why don't you guys buy me the meat, and I'll buy it off you? I thought, right. And she said, I'll give you 50p in the pound. So I took Delroy aside and said, we don't need to pay for this. I said, this is easy. So we started shoplifting. And um, I'd go in, I'd get 100 quid's worth of meat, and I'd come out with uh, this meat, and I'd take it round to her, and she'd give me 50 quid for it. And I kept myself going for a long time. We kind of got bored of that after a while. It's quite difficult lugging all that meat around. <laughs> and I decided, Del, we need to upgrade. We're going to cut out the middleman. We're going to rob a bank. And it was a Thursday afternoon when we made this decision high as kites on our government trust fund, or our gyros, and we did plan it really well. Uh, <laughs> so Sunday morning, um, when you'll have worked this out if you're a person that has a bank account, not many banks are open. <laughs> Thinking on my feet, we decided to go in as part of a Portuguese cleaning crew. The big heist was still on. Uh, bearing in mind that my training for this had been just a few steaks out of Sainsbury's. It was, it was a hell of an upgrade. Uh, it all went horribly wrong, as you can imagine. And uh, let me leave you with the image of me running from the bank with two Portuguese cleaners chasing me and a police car or two going up the King's Road um, until eventually a Bob the Builder have a go hero parked his van on my feet and I was nicked. <laughs> and off to jail.
And if I ever get asked back to this event, I'll tell you what happened <laughs> after I got to jail. Thank you for listening. <laughs>
and it felt like he'd invited us into his living room. He asked people for requests and I called out for the sexual loneliness of Jesus Christ. He looked me in the eyes and he said in his soft Scottish accent, which I'm not going to try and emulate, it's a great song, but I can't sing it anymore. And he played Exit Wound instead and I'd never heard it before and it was beautiful. And afterwards in the bar, we bought his CDs. And unlike other times I've bought CDs from singers, it felt like something had passed from him to me. Not an exchange. He had given me something. He looked right into me from the stage and in person. But there was no judgment. There was just understanding. We were the only young people there. And in that respect, I think we did touch him a little. He was surprised that we knew him. And even though I know it's not true, I do feel like I know him or knew him, which is why I feel sad that he's gone. Louder. But since he is dead, I've booked Jack Gobsmob <laughs> instead, so he's got a lot to live up to. You can find The Arts of Mr Gobsmob at www.screaminmatriarch.com, although he, he isn't an artist. And uh, you can hear his punk band Mummy Says I'm Special at mummysaysimspecial.com. And he's going to sing his song Nesting with, again, his, the rest of his band. I hope you enjoy it.
Indiegogo campaign finished on the 1st of March and I'm really pleased to be able to say that we earned enough to be able to pay every performer that performs a stand-up tragedy £10. So now we're going to carry on thanking the people who contributed to the Indiegogo campaign. They're being thanked because that was at least part of the perk that they claimed when they made their contribution very appreciated contribution it was too. I'm not quite sure if everybody who has donated knows which box they ticked because it's very confusing. Some of it sort of says anonymous amounts of money. Well, who's, I'm not going to go on anywhere and tell anyone how much money someone donated to a, a thing. Um, that's kind of irrelevant because amounts of money has nothing to do with how much money that is in relative income to the person who donated. I've been really touched actually on that note to see some of the people I know who are, haven't got very much money being very generous in this campaign and real thanks to those people, you know who you are and like I said, I'm not going to name you. But I hope that everybody who gets publicly thanked wants to get publicly thanked. Basically I've got a list from Indiegogo that says who wants it and if, it, if you didn't, I'm sorry. But, you know, it's only a one-off public thanks. So thanks very much to Clive and Julia, all the way in Germany, my good friends. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Holly and Matt, people I haven't seen in a long, long time. So that was a lovely surprise. Thanks to Dr. Tim. Thanks to Yorgos Strangas, who I don't even know. It's always known. Thanks to Asher. Thanks very much. Thanks to Richard McMillan. Thanks to Michael John. Thanks to Angela. And thanks to Henry. And also, apologies if you did want to be thanked, but you didn't claim your perk, because the perks were mostly thanks, or the ones that were claimed were thanks. If you didn't claim your perk, then I've had to assume that that meant that you didn't want me to thank you. If you did want me to thank you, drop me an email and uh, I'll thank you publicly. But, I mean, this whole thing, very confusing. Very confusing. Very, very confusing. So, apologies and thanks. Thanks and apologies. I just need to spend my life thanking people and apologising for things. So, thank you all so much. On with the show. If you've enjoyed Stand Up Tragedy, 
please tell people about us tell people about our podcast tell people about our live show maybe come along to our live show our next one is happening on the 2nd of april at the leicester square theater doors open at 6 30 the uh show starts at seven it's our last of our hour shows after that we're going to have full nights of it tickets cost 10 pounds or if you use the promo code tragic or you're a concession you can get them for eight pounds so buy your tickets buy your tickets so come along in april for more tragedy you can like us on facebook just search for stand-up tragedy we're there you can friend us too we're a person and we're an event we're multi-headed like that you can also follow us on twitter we're stand up for tragedy over there and go along to our website yeah because we've got extra stuff on there we've got Every night I write a full review of it and to put as many links and extra details on there, photographs if we've got them, links to other stories that people have told, that sort of thing. Check us out on SoundCloud. You can find us there. You can download the podcast from Stitcher Smart Radio, which is a great app that is free that you can download from app stores, numerous app stores, so not just iPhone but it's also on Android. It's also on a few other platforms that I don't really know about. But it's available on loads of different ways for you to hear Stitcher Smart Radio. And it's a great app, not just for us, but for all podcasts that you might want to listen to. You can have them streaming directly to your iPhone. Like there's BBC ones there. There's NPR ones there. There's radio stuff that you like. There's loads of interesting independent podcasts that you could check out. For example, Getting Better Acquainted, which is a podcast that I do which you can find at www.gettingbetteracquainted.co.uk and you can also find through Stitcher. And you'll hear quite a few of the acts that come to Stand Up Tragedy. I will be doing full-length hour interviews with them over on Getting Better Acquainted. So if you like the people you hear, check out Getting Better Acquainted and you may find more of them talking there and more of me talking too. Lots more of me talking. If you want to support Stand Up Tragedy, the performers that we've got, our other costs, why not donate to us? There's a donate button on the site. Go along, donate what you can afford. Doesn't have to be very much. Every little We're going to finish up tonight with a song that we're always finishing up the night with called The Tragedy Is Over. Let's remember what